SEP Fanfic Readings presents Finding Hermione by Ebook Dragon Chapter 6 Parents' Day Saturday, September 14th, 2013 Draco, Hermione, Rose, and Tansy were seated around the dining table for breakfast. Tansy kept breakfast simple this morning, oatmeal with brown sugar and raisins. Hermione was quiet again. Draco was reading the paper. Rita Skeeter had been quick to print a story about last night. Moving on already, by Rita Skeeter. Hermione Granger was seen living it up on the town last night with none other than Draco Malfoy. Could she already be moving on so soon after learning her husband has been carrying on a long-time affair? Underneath the blurb was a photo of Hermione and Draco at the dragon's den. The photographer had caught him looking down at her while her fingers were laced through his. It was of the two of them giving and receiving comfort while she spoke about the pain that she was going through. The prophet had turned it into a picture of a couple sharing a private moment. It didn't seem to matter that they were with a group of people. Beside that photo was another. This one was from behind as they walked down the street outside of the club, right before they had apparated. His arm was around her waist. The photographer had managed to capture two pictures that would give the impression that they were now a couple. Draco set the paper down with a sigh. Hermione looked questioning at him. "'Tell you later,' he said. "'Can I go with you to see Minerva? I want to see Hogwarts. I want to meet Hagrid. Can I go, please?' Rose pleaded. "'I'm sorry, Rose. You won't be able to go to Hogwarts until you're old enough to attend. You'll stay here with Tansy. I'm sure she has fun stuff planned for you today,' Hermione said. "'Okay, I'll stay,' Rose said glumly. Hermione and Draco had told her stories about some of their adventures at Hogwarts, and she wanted to go see where they had so much fun. Draco promised to take Rose flying tomorrow in the park, and that seemed to appease her. "'It's too bad she can't go,' Draco said as she left the dining room. "'I know, but I don't want to ruin the magic of the first day, and seeing Hogwarts the first time all lit up and reflected in the lake,' Hermione said, looking over at the door Rose had just walked out of and back at Draco. "'I'm sure Tansy will be able to distract her while we're gone.' Draco said, reaching over and patting her hand reassuringly. "'What was in the paper?' she asked, looking curious. "'Pictures from last night,' Draco sighed, handing the paper over to her. She opened it up to the gossip section, looked at the photos, and read the blurb. "'Well, I wonder what she was expecting me to do. Lay around the house moping? So what? We went out for drinks. I hardly call that living it up. I'm not going to hide out any more. I'm not going to let others dictate how I decide to live my life.' who I associate with, or how I decide to move on from this mess. She can print what she wants. I've got better things to do with my time, she raged, flinging the paper back down on the table. Draco was astounded by her reaction. She didn't appear mad about the photos. She appeared somewhat apathetic. Maybe she had taken his comment about not giving a damn to heart. I'm glad you're not letting the photos get to you. People will always talk and make assumptions, especially with who we both are. The papers will still make the most sensational claims because that's what sells, Draco said to her. I know. I really haven't had to deal with Rita Skeeter for years. I don't think I've really been that interesting since the war. Draco and Hermione apparated to Hogsmeade. Draco carried a picnic basket and had a red plaid blanket draped over his arm. They walked side by side up to Hogwarts and through the front gates that were flanked by winged boars. Minerva, James, and Scorpius were waiting for them just inside the gates. Hermione hugged Minerva and James while Draco hugged Scorpius. Draco held on to Scorpius, ruffling his hair. He looked happy. Draco was relieved that he was adjusting to being at school so well. Despite Fred's bullying, Scorpius looked genuinely happy. Scorpius introduced him to his two new friends. "'Have you seen my mom and dad, Auntie?' James asked Hermione. "'No, not yet. 
Let's walk over to the lake, and I'll send a Patronus to your dad, letting him know where you are. Expect your Patronum. Hermione's otter Patronus shot out of her wand and bounded away, looking for Harry. Mum, where's Dad at? Minerva asked after the otter bound off. Hermione looked at Draco, her gaze full of dread at the difficult conversation. She had talked with Draco about how to bring it up and what to say. He gave her an encouraging smile and touched James and Scorpius on the shoulders to keep them back. Let's take a walk, Minerva, Hermione said. Mother and daughter walked off toward the lake. "'Where are they going?' James asked. "'Something happened after you all got on the train. You're both going to have to be good friends to Minerva after this. She's going to need your help and understanding.' "'Why? What happened?' Scorpius asked. "'Let Minerva tell you when she's ready. Just be supportive. Promise me,' Draco demanded. He knew boys could be insensitive idiots when having to deal with girls and their problems. "'We promise,' they chorused. Draco didn't trust the mischievous glint he saw in James's eye. If the kid was anything like his father, he would use whatever Minerva was going through as an excuse to cause mischief in the name of cheering her up. The Potters, Zabinis, and Knots walked up to them, kids in tow, plus Hermione's namesake. He guessed the Goyles would meet them by the lake. James went over to greet his parents. "'Where are Hermione and Minerva?' Tracy asked. "'They went ahead to have a talk. It's probably okay to follow them now,' Draco said." The adults nodded sympathetically, knowing the talk Hermione was having with Minerva. "'How's she doing today? How's Rose?' Ginny asked Draco. Draco sighed. "'She's been dreading today. Rose seems to be doing well. She's at home playing with Tansy right now. How are you two holding up?' "'I just can't believe he would do something like this to her. To his daughters. I'm glad you've been there for her. I've been too upset about this to be too much help to her. I'm afraid I haven't been a very good friend during this,' Ginny said." She said the same thing about you last night. Don't be too hard on yourself, Draco reassured her. So, Potter, it seems your kid has turned to the dark side, Draco smirked at Harry. He could hear chuckles from the snakes behind him. He just couldn't resist teasing Harry about James being in Slytherin. Harry laughed at his teasing. I hate to burst your bubble, but after you and Snape ended up not being such utter arsewipes, I thought maybe Slytherin wasn't as bad as we all thought. Seems to me like a self-fulfilling prophecy— you tell people the house they are in is bad, and it creates dark wizards, and all the other houses treat you like they're just waiting for you to go dark. What did we all expect to happen to children who were ostracized like that? Seems like we weren't any better than the blood purists. Draco gaped at Harry for a second. They had been friendly for years now, but he never heard Harry talk like that about house prejudices. Well, we weren't all innocent, he finally said. Harry shrugged. No, but maybe things could have been different. They all headed off toward the lake and looked fondly at the Quidditch pitch as they passed, remembering the games they played. "'We should have brought our brooms,' Harry said wistfully. "'Maybe next time we can get a game going,' Draco said. "'Maybe then you'll actually catch the snitch,' Harry teased. "'Maybe a bludger would do us all a favor and hit you in the head again,' Draco retorted. They reached the lake and spread the blanket out on the ground. They pulled it to extend so that it was big enough for everyone to sit comfortably. "'We didn't bring anything for your picnic. We don't want to intrude,' said Ginny. "'Don't worry, there's enough food to go around. "'You're welcome to join us,' Draco said. "'He had asked Tansy to pack food for twenty people. Three extra people wouldn't be a big deal. "'The Goyles came up in the boat. "'Theo and Blaze went over to help them out. "'Helena was looking a little awestruck. "'They greeted their daughter and came over to the Potters and Draco, "'who was lining the baskets up in the middle of the blanket. "'Draco took the basket of food from Greg "'and placed it with the rest before introducing them to Helena. "'The two were as surprised as Hermione had been "'to find out Helena was a muggle.' Hermione and Minerva came up at that time. Minerva ran off to greet Harry and Ginny, and was drug around to meet the parents of the baby snakes. 
Hermione surprised him by wrapping an arm around his waist and leaning into him. He draped an arm around her shoulders. How did she take it? he asked. Not well. She's mad, devastated. She really hates that boy. Then she finds out he's her half-brother. She's mad at Ron. She's too young to really understand the full magnitude of what he's done. I can't tell her everything, obviously. I'm afraid for how she's going to feel when she gets older and realizes what happened, and not the child-friendly version I gave her. Hermione answered as they both watched Minerva talk to Daphne and Theo, with Drake standing beside her. Draco really wasn't sure how to reassure her. He didn't know Minerva well enough to accurately gauge how she was going to react to the full implications of her parents' divorce, especially if this got messy. Hermione and Draco were both doing their best to ensure that Rose was sheltered from everything that was going on. Minerva didn't have that luxury being at school. Hermione released him to say hello and hug everyone. Theo and Blaze teased Draco about the pictures in the paper. Once everyone was gathered around the picnic, Draco called the baby snakes over to him. Hermione, Harry, Ginny, these are the baby snakes, Draco said, waving at the children gathered around him. You've met my Scorpius. This is Daphne and Theo's son, Drake. Draco waved toward a tall, gangly boy with brown, close-cropped hair and aquamarine eyes. This is Tracy and Blaze's daughter, Florence, pointing out a short girl with skin the color of mocha and short, dark, curly hair and hazel eyes. And Hermione, this is your namesake. She likes to be called Myony. He gestured toward a stout girl with lank brown hair and a pug nose. Myony came to hug Hermione. Thank you for saving my dad, she said quietly. Oh, sweetheart, I'm so glad we did, Hermione said as she hugged her tightly. Hermione walked a little way down the beach away from the group after Myony walked back to her parents. Draco came up and stood behind her as they gazed out across the lake. He touched her on the shoulder to get her attention. She turned to face him. Are you starting to see the lives you've touched? Without you, she wouldn't exist. Scorpius wouldn't exist. Greg and I would be dead. And it would just ripple out from there. All the ways the world would be different without that one act. Hermione looked out over the water. It wasn't just me. Harry decided and we followed. I know, he said, moving to stand in front of her and force her to look at him. Harry sees the results of his actions all around him, though. How can he not? But you, Hermione, you seem to have forgotten that you are Hermione Granger. You are just as much a hero as Harry was. You are the brightest witch of our age. You are the light. It's time for you to start remembering that. Look around you and see all the good your actions have done. He continued, grasping her shoulders. Feel the pride and the power that comes from knowing the world has become a better place because of you. It's time to remember who Hermione Granger is. Not the jilted wife of that idiot, but the powerful witch who helped save the world, who brought blood prejudice to its knees. I don't know who that witch is anymore, Hermione said, crying softly into his chest. He tipped her face up to him and brushed the tears away. It's time to find her again. I'll help you. Everyone here will help you. You're not alone anymore. Hey, are you two okay over there? Harry asked as he walked up to them. Hermione pulled away from him, brushed the tears from her face, and squared her shoulders. We're fine. Draco was just reminding me of something I'd forgotten. Let's go sit down, then. The kids are getting hungry, Harry said, leading Hermione away with his arm slug over her shoulder. Draco followed behind him. Everyone sat down on the blanket and passed around the food. The other couples had come prepared as well, and there were enough sandwiches, crisps, juice, and butterbeer to go around. Hermione leaned up against Draco's side as they all ate and chatted with each other and their children. It was a pleasant way to spend their afternoon at Hogwarts. 
they watched the giant squid swimming lazily across the top of the lake. Scorpius told him all about his classes, the sorting, and his run-ins with Fred. Fred seemed to like calling Scorpius deathy to scum. It enraged Draco that his son would be bullied like that. It seemed that no matter how hard he worked, there would always be people ready to point out the biggest mistake of his life. He could take the ridicule pointed at him. In a way, he felt he deserved it, but Scorpius was innocent. That it came from Weasley's son made it seem worse for him. He already hated the git for what he did to Hermione. It enraged him that Weasley was teaching his son similar prejudices that they had just fought against. He was glad that Hermione was in his house to distract him. Draco thought that without her, he would probably be the one moping around in his pajamas. Hearing that his son was being bullied made him wish he'd kept him home and just homeschooled him. He'd seriously considered the idea, but his mother had convinced him that Scorpius should go. Draco saw Harry stiffen out of the corner of his eye. He looked around and saw Weasley walk up with Lavender, and a boy he supposed was Fred. Draco got his first good look at Lavender. He hadn't really been paying attention to her on the platform. She was plumper than she had been in school, but having four children would do that to a woman. Her blonde hair was brushed back simply and hung down in waves on her back. He could admit that she was a good-looking woman, nothing like the fiery beauty of Hermione. He found it strange that she was looking at her hands, which were knotted in front of her. Fred stood beside his mother, looking on with a sneer that reminded him a little too much of a younger version of himself. The boy was tall and gangly for his age, much like Weasley had been. He also had the signature Weasley hair that was cut close on the sides with gelled curls on top. "'The kids are having a good time, Ron. If you're here to cause a scene and ruin that, you lot can leave,' Harry said. "'Harry, don't be like that. We're mates. Been friends since we were eleven. I never thought I'd see the day you'd choose to hang out with Deathly to scum over your best mates,' said Weasley nastily. "'That's enough, Ron. The war is over. It's past time to put away our differences. And I told you not to cause trouble, so it's time for you to leave,' Harry said, his voice starting to rise in anger. "'I have a right to see my daughter,' Weasley said stubbornly. Minerva turned her nose up and refused to look at him. Hermione asked her if she wanted to go for a walk with her father. She shook her head no. Hermione was tense beside him. She found his hand on the blanket beside her and latched onto it. "'She doesn't want to see you. I'm not going to make her either. It's time you left, Ron,' Hermione said. "'Turning my daughter against me already, Hermione,' Ron said bitterly. Ginny got up from the blanket. "'Ronald Billius Weasley, how dare you! You brought this on yourself! I have never been more ashamed that you are my brother! I am so disappointed in you! I thought you were a good man, a good husband, a good father! Your choices, your actions, those aren't the actions of a good person!' "'Shut up, Ginny. You don't know what you're talking about. We're leaving. I'm not going to stand here and take this!' Ron stalked off with Fred and Lavender behind him. The adults around the group let out a collective sigh of relief as they left. Draco passed Minerva a cookie from the blanket. "'You want to talk about it?' he asked. "'We're all here for you.' He didn't know how she'd react. She didn't know him, but he felt bad for her. He was glad when she decided to open up to the group. "'I'm just so mad. I don't understand how he could go out and have a bunch of kids with that woman. And Fred is vile. That boy is my half-brother, and I just keep wondering why. Weren't Rose and I enough? I know we weren't boys, but we were good.' I just don't know why he would want that insufferable git over us. He says I turned on him, but it feels like he turned on us, Minerva said, looking forlornly at her hands. You can't blame yourself for this. He made bad choices. For him, I don't think it's about wanting Fred and his other children over you and Rose. You're all his children. He loves you all. I know you're hurting now, but he's still your father, 
and he loves you and Rose. You'll have to try to find it in yourself to forgive him, Hermione said to Minerva as she hugged her close. What about you? Are you just going to forgive him and take him back? Minerva asked. This sort of thing is different between a husband and wife. We will have to find a way to move past it and get along for the sake of you and Rose, but I won't be taking him back. I wouldn't be happy, and you and Rose deserve parents who are happy. Does that make sense? Hermione said. Minerva nodded. Scorpius and James came over and pulled her away from the group of adults. The children were running around chasing one another, lobbing sprays of water from their wands. Hermione sagged against him as Minerva ran off. He ran his hands up and down her arms, trying to offer some support and calm her. The other couples were talking quietly among themselves, surreptitiously glancing at Draco and Hermione, waiting for them to finish. Hermione straightened after a little bit, and Draco dropped his hands. She took a deep breath and mouthed, I'm okay, to him. Harry, we're going to need you to start taking up your seat on the Wizengamot, Draco said to cut through the chatter and bringing them back onto the group. Why? You know I hate the political crap, Harry responded. He's campaigning for all of us to come back, Blaze said. Save yourself the headache and just give in, believe me. Harry, it's your responsibility. You need to take it more seriously. I'll need your support when I file my petition to divorce Ron, said Hermione. Divorce, though, Hermione? Are you sure? Harry asked. Yes, Harry, divorce. Seriously, Harry, you want me to go back to him? After what he's done? I'm never going back to him. You saw the way he was just now. Do you honestly think I deserve to be treated that way? Hermione snapped at Harry. Harry looked like he wanted to argue. Draco didn't think Harry had any strong opposition to divorce. Maybe he was just having a hard time letting go of the one big happy family picture that he knew Harry had. They don't know the whole story, Hermione. I thought maybe they should hear it from you, so I didn't tell Harry when he came to see me. I think they'll need to hear it. You know how Harry is, Draco said. Right. Come on, then. Let's go for a walk. Hermione used Draco's knee to push herself up. He helped steady her with his hands on her waist, and she walked off with Harry and Ginny with a determined stride. "'What's going on between the two of you?' Blaze asked as soon as they walked off. "'I didn't say anything last night, but she's not here now, so spill!' "'We're friends. That's all that's going on,' Draco said evasively. "'For now,' Theo murmured quietly. Draco shot a glare at him. "'I saw those pictures. I have eyes.' "'Whatever's going on just now, it's not just friends,' Blaze said. "'It's our business, Blaze. "'Fine. I'll just say this, though. We like her. Wouldn't mind seeing more of her. "'So whatever this thing is that's going on or not going on between the two of you, "'don't mess it up and chase her away. "'You both deserve to be happy, and if that's with each other, then I say go for it,' Blaze said. "'Thanks, mate. Way too soon to be thinking about that, though. "'You saw how she was last night. She's not ready for a relationship.' he said, leveling a stern, don't-push-it look at his friends. She was talking about wasted time and being with someone who loved her, Tracy said. Draco looked over to where Hermione was talking with Harry and Ginny. She's not ready for that, so stop trying to play matchmaker and give us some time. Headmistress McGonagall walked up to their picnic. Hello, children. I hope you're enjoying your visit. I was hoping to speak with Miss Granger, but I see she's otherwise occupied. You'll do, Mr. Malfoy. Let's go for a walk. Yes, ma'am. Draco got up and offered his arm to the aging headmistress. She looked surprised by his politeness, but took his arm, and off they walked in the opposite direction from Hermione, Harry, and Ginny. "'I'll not beat around the bush. Is what I'm seeing in the papers true?' "'Depends on what you're reading, headmistress. I didn't know you kept up with the gossip columns,' Draco said with a smirk. "'Don't sass me! Out with it!' Headmistress McGonagall said in a tone that meant she expected him to fall in line. 
Draco told her about what happened on the platform, then what happened at her cottage, and about Fred being Minerva's half-brother. He also let her know that Fred was setting himself up to be this year's bully, and was targeting Scorpius and Minerva. "'I would have never believed Ron Weasley could have turned into such a scoundrel. How's she handling all this?' she asked, shooting a worried glance up at him. "'She's doing better every day. She's been really depressed and angry. She seems a little freer today than she has all week. I think the unconditional support she's gotten has really helped. He really did a number on her. I think she's forgotten who she is over the years,' he answered." McGonagall pursed her lips together. "'And what exactly is your part in this, Mr. Malfoy?' "'Just a friend,' he said with a shrug. "'You weren't friends before this, I don't think,' she said with a hint of suspicion. Draco stood up a little straighter and answered nonchalantly. "'Maybe not, but things change.' "'See that you don't make things change for the worse for her,' McGonagall said as she walked off. Draco walked back over to the picnic and sat down. Hermione, Harry, and Ginny walked up just as he sat down. Hermione sat down beside him again. Harry flopped down beside them, still red in the face. Ginny was wiping her face. "'You'll have my vote, and I'll start going to council meetings. Whatever she needs to get away from him, she's got it,' Harry said, still fuming. Draco nodded his thanks. Hermione turned to look at him. "'What did McGonagall want?' "'To ask about you,' I told her. I figured it was okay to tell her, and she should know so she can keep an eye out for Minerva. "'I hope it's okay with you that I told her,' Draco said." "'Yes, it's fine. I'm getting exhausted having to repeat the story so many times. I know I'm going to have to repeat it many more before this is over,' Hermione sighed. "'I'll try to do what I can to take the burden from you,' Draco murmured to her. "'You've already done so much. You've been a great friend to me. I'm glad that it was you that stepped up and really helped me that day on the platform. I would probably be huddled in a bowl in my pajamas right now if it wasn't for you,' Hermione said. "'I doubt that.' You're too resilient to let anything knock you out for long. I'm glad that it was me too, though, even though I would have loved to see you hex Weasley's balls off. Cunning snake, she said playfully. Fearless lioness. The children came back from playing in search of more cookies. Their parents dried them off with bursts of hot air from their wands. The children related their stories of being sorted. James and Minerva told them about asking to be put in Slytherin despite the hat wanting to put them in Gryffindor. The sun started to set, signaling the end of Parents' Day. They all packed up the remains of the picnic. Draco took Scorpius aside to say goodbye to him privately. "'Goodbye, son. I'm glad you've made some good friends, and you're happy here. I love you.' "'Don't worry about me, Dad. I'm doing great, even though Fred is awful. I really like Minerva and James. I love you, too.' Draco hugged Scorpius to him one last time before walking him back with the rest of the group. All the children ran around hugging adults and saying goodbye— Draco even got a hug from James and Minerva as well as the baby snakes. After saying goodbye to their children and friends, Draco lifted Hermione into the boat to take them back across the lake. Hermione had promised Hagrid that they would take the boat back to the boathouse. The setting sun reflected across the lake, casting the castle of Hogwarts in hues of purples and blues. The wind blowing across the water caused a chill in the air. Draco took his jacket off and draped it across Hermione's shoulders when he saw her shiver. "'Oh, thank you.' She burrowed deeper inside his jacket. "'Do you feel like there's something going on between us?' "'What do you mean?' "'Never mind,' Hermione said, staring at her hands in her lap. Draco tipped her chin up and forcing her to look at him. "'No, tell me what you mean.' Hermione bit her lip and answered. "'I'm not sure exactly. I've always felt this pull to you, even when we were children, and you were awful to me. It's why I argued for you during our trial.' I couldn't bear the thought of you being in Azkaban and why I started having tea with your mother. 
It's why I left with you that day on the platform. Do you feel it, too? He sighed in relief to know that it wasn't one-sided. Yes. It's why I urged you further into the forest after the Quidditch World Cup and didn't identify you when you were brought into the manor. You've always been a magnet to me. I've always been drawn to you. It's the same for me, too. How does that make you feel? He held his breath, waiting for her to answer. I feel comfortable and safe with you. I like the way things are between us, but I'm not ready for a relationship. My life is a mess. I need time before I'll be ready for that. I don't think it would be fair for either one of us to jump into something yet. I know you're not ready. I'm not going to try to push you into anything you're not ready for. I told you that in the dining room when you came back to let me apologize. We both know that it's there. We don't have to ever be anything other than friends if that's what you want. The boat docked at the dockhouse. Draco climbed out of the boat and held out his hands to help Hermione out. She held onto his hand as they walked to the train station where he apparated them home.